0: the Prophecy Club, and I just prayed a prayer that I'm going to include you in, because today we're going to continue reading through and studying the book of Revelation. Why? Because again, we're trying to make you prophecy teachers for a day and time when society has broken down and all of a sudden, people are really interested in Bible prophecy. I don't know. It's probably twelve years ago. One night in a dream, God told me that the day would come when the entire globe, the number one topic, everybody, all people, all nations and languages, all of them, all want to know about Bible prophecy—not just prophecy, Bible prophecy. So it's going to become the number one topic on the globe, as you can imagine. When the sun goes dark, the Earth turns upside down, some of the things that are happening long before that. I mean, even as the beast shows up, there's going to be a lot of people that are saying, what in the world is going on? And they will wake up and they will discover that the pre-trib rapture was all a terribly misunderstood topic. And so you're going to have to give an answer. So let me caution you on something. I know that every time I start talking and teaching through Bible prophecy, our listeners go down. That's a sad thing. That's a bad thing. That should not happen. They should actually go up because I'm trying to help you to understand something that is going to win a lot of souls. This is God's end time plan to sweep about 2 billion, according to Isaiah, about a third of the people on the earth will be saved in the last days. Unfortunately, the other two-thirds are going to go off into something not so good. Well, our concern is to try to win that one-third that we can win. So I know that you would think, well, why don't you get into some of the more exciting parts and skip some of the more boring parts? That's a big mistake because, yes, I'm going to start with Revelation 2, and, yes, it's not some of the more exciting parts. However, there are some parts in Revelation 2 and 3 talking about the seven churches that are actually very important and speak to us today, and it will be something that we'll have to teach. So again, at this point, we're preparing for the day. Society is broken down. People have heard you understand Bible prophecy, and you have started a Bible prophecy uh, study, and you are explaining about what in the world's going on. So let's get into it. Revelation chapter 1. Lord, help me to say the right things. Don't let me say the wrong things. Help me to bring truth to the people. And I recommend the same prayer, at least that minimum prayer, every time you get into teaching Bible prophecy. Revelation chapter 2. Under the angel of the church of Ephesus write, These things saith he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. Well, back in Revelation 1, he described the angel that he had sent holding those seven stars and walking in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. So by saying this, he's saying, it's me. This is coming to you from Jesus. He says, I know thy works. And this is literally a church at the time, back about 2,000 years ago, in the western part of Turkey called Ephesus. There was actually a church at that time, and this was a letter written to them. However, there's actually seven church ages. This represents the first Church age there's as we go through I'll explain more about that. this is probably not much of this is talking to our church age, however, there are parts that do talk. I know thy works and thy labor and thy patience and as I've explained, patience means don't quit. So this was a church that was working for him. they were laboring, and they were not quitting. they were not giving up even in the face of difficulty. How thou canst not bear them which are evil. And thou hast tried them which say they're apostles and are not, and has found them liars. So this is a church that is not putting up with evil in their church. And this is a church also that those people, you can imagine right after Paul and the other 12 apostles walked the earth, right after that, there was many people popped up and said, oh yeah, well, I'm an apostle too. (laughs) Obviously the devil sent them. But this is a church saying, "Uh uh-uh, no, you're not. You're not an apostle. They tried them and they put them in their place. That's actually a compliment. He starts here in most of the cases with the churches with a compliment. So he's given them a compliment. Okay, so you've worked, you've labored, you haven't quit, and you have not put it up with evil. And those people that said they're apostles and not, you've tried them, you've found them to be liars. So that's good. Then he says, and has borne and has patience and for my name's sake has labored, labored and has not fainted. So he's complimented them twice saying they have not quit. Well, what about our churches today? Do you see churches that just quit? Yep, Uh, a lot of them are turning into mosques these days, especially in England, but even in here in America. But what about people? Do we see people that used to go to church and they simply don't anymore? Sad to say, yep, that's not good. As a matter of fact, let me just say something, brothers and sisters. I know that it's hard to find a good church. I understand that. But it is important that you go to church for a number of reasons. I could take a whole broadcast and give you all of the reasons why it's important for you to go to church. But let me also just say not to visit, but actually plant your feet there, plant your heart there to be a part of that church. And what you do is you pray, Lord, show me the right church. You're not going to find one exactly perfect. Ours is not perfect, (laughs) even though Leslie and I are in charge of the church. And we are capable of doing anything that we want to do. We do not report to a board. We're not a 501c3. We don't report to anyone but Jesus. So we can do pretty much what we want to do in our church. And the people are very supportive of us, not that we try to run them or push them around. That's not our heart. But I'm saying even though we have total authority in our church, our church still has problems too. So you're not going to find, this is my point, you're not going to find a perfect church. You're not going to do it. You're not going to find a church that you totally agree with. You're going to find a church that is teaching out of the NIV. They are a five hundred one C three. They don't teach prophecy, just about everything I disagree with. You're going to find those. But that might be the church where God plants your feet. I can tell you this, Hebrews 9 27, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together so much the more as you see the day approaching. I'll say it again. Forsake not the the assembling of yourselves together, so much the more as you see the day approaching. Meaning, last days, Christians, go to church. <laughs> go, go to church. Five day church. You are not doing yourself a favor by not going to church. You are not saying, well, I'm closer to God because I don't go to that godless church down there. You're not doing good. Let me just say, uh, you need, look at, uh, yeah, okay, all right, fine. Yes, we started our own church because we didn't like the other churches. That's one of the main reasons, not the only reason. We certainly prayed and asked God. God confirmed to us that we were start our church and confirmed that we were supposed to start the church that we now run in Plano, Texas, uh, which, by the way, I should invite you to come in uh, Sunday morning. I would advise you to walk in about 10, 15, Sunday morning, we're on the corner of Park and K, 2540 K Avenue in Plano, Texas, right behind the Waterburger. and hopefully one day soon, we're going to get a really nice church location, but until that happens, we're in a strip mall, and there's only probably 30 to 50 people that attend every Sunday, but it's the heart of the church, not the number of the church, and it's not a real fancy church, it's not real pretty you know, we still we've got these old bushes at the front of the church. I said just this past Sunday morning, man, these are dusty. We we need to get rid of them. We need to get some nice new plants. And I don't know, we we'll get to it but anyway. We just got a new upgraded sound system. I might add, spent about three thousand dollars on that. So our praise and worship sounds good, and my daughter leads praise and worship, and she is extremely good. Extreme matter of fact, I'll just say a little bit. She went to that uh, American Idol thing. And one of the judges came up to her and said, you're too good to be here, go home. Would not let her in when he heard her sing. And I praise God, because that's what I've been praying for. Do not let her walk the secular walk, and God has kept her out of that. But she is extremely good, and oh my, 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 I could talk about my daughter and my son-in-law. I could talk about my family a lot. But anyway, let's go on. So verse 4, nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. So he starts here with a bunch of really nice compliments. You know, you're laboring, you're working, you're not quitting, you're not putting up evil, you're trying these people to say they're apostles or not, you're doing good. But then, he says, but you left your first love. Now, let's just pause a second. See, this is not just a rebuke to the church in Ephesus. We have to ask ourselves, brothers and sisters, does any of this fit us? Because like they say, if the shoe fits, you got to wear it. Okay. So ask yourself this, have you left your first love? Have you found it difficult to read your Bible, difficult to praise worship, difficult to pray, difficult to get into your prayer closet? And like we were talking about, difficult to go to church? Have you lost or left Your first love? Have you cooled off? Have you fallen away from that place in Jesus where you used to be? Well, it's time, brothers and sisters. It's time to get closer. Now, let's go on, verse 5. Remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen. Okay, so he's saying, remember how you used to be close to me. Remember, therefore, how thou hast fallen. And repent. And do the first works. He's saying, get back to what you used to do when you were close to me. Come back. Come back. Let's go on. Or else I will come into thee quickly. Now, here comes a real hidden thing, not easy to see. But what he's about to say will shake you. It should shake you. It shook me. Else I will come to thee quickly and remove thy candlestick out of its place, except thou repent. Okay, hang on. What did he just tell us the candlestick is? Over in chapter 1, he told us that the candlestick is the church. Meaning that if your church doesn't do it right, he will remove the candlestick, meaning he will shut that church down. Now, this is not just to the church of Ephesus. This is not just to the churches of today. But brothers and sisters, we have to ask ourselves, is this talking about us and our heart? Meaning, have we left our first love? Have we fallen out of love with Jesus? Have we cooled from how we used to be hot? And he says, you need to pull back to me. And if you don't, I'll remove your candlestick, meaning I'll not use you. Now he'll close the church. Now he's not take your salvation away over not going to church. I will make that plain. But what he is saying is you don't have to work for me all the time. Uh, Matter of fact, maybe I should tell you a little story here. If you think that God will not remove you from his service. I'm about to shake you. I'm about to shake you. I remember it was probably about 20 years ago, and Prophecy Club was not doing well. You know that the church has not supported us. The Christians are not just supported. There have been a lot of times when it was pretty tough, and the prophecy from Andre Bronkhorst said so. And I was complimented because I did stick with it. And by the way, you should stick with it too. stick with Jesus, stick with these call. He didn't say it's going to be easy. So anyway, this one particular morning I woke up. I could show you the very spot in the carpet when I got out of bed. I remember as I was putting on my shoes beside the bed, I said under my breath, I said, Lord, I said, I'm tired of this. I'm just tired. I'm tired of not having the money to grow and to reach the people that I want to work. And I just feel like I'm just spinning my wheels. I'm just wasting my time. I said, so this time I'm really serious. I'm really serious. I am going to just start shutting down Prophecy Club. I'm going to just go find me something else to do. I was making good money when I uh, when you moved me over to this. I don't need this. I was making good money before. I'll just go do something else. I was serious. So I drove to work that day and about nine o'clock, and I got there probably about eight o'clock on time, about nine o'clock, this guy walks in. This is the guy that (laughs) I had hired. I had trained him in my old business, which was uh, having to do with like public speaking. And that's probably all I should say, because I I can't refer to them by contract. I can't refer to them. But anyway, so I had hired him and trained him in that business. So he walks into my office, wants to see me, sits down. He said, hey, the uh, the the company has now arranged so that we can have partnerships in, I'll, I won't say the word because that might give it away, so I'll say in franchises. And I've been given the franchise for all of Kansas and like half of Oklahoma. And if you'll come back to work with us, I'll start you at a minimum guaranteed salary of $10,000 a month till you get up and going. But of course, you know, you'll make a whole lot more than that. And I thought, oh, man, well, I know what this is. I know this is basically God was opening the door. He was saying, Stan, you don't want to work for me anymore. There it is. I've opened the door. You can walk back and you don't have to work for me. You don't have to there it is. I've opened the door. All you have to do is say yes. Well, it didn't take me but just a split second because I recognized this was a test. And if it's going to be a test, I'm going to pass it just like you want to pass it. So I said, well, first of all, thank you very, very much. I'm going to accept this as one of the biggest compliments I have ever received in my life. Thank you very much. But I'm going to decline. I'm going to stay in the ministry no matter how difficult it gets. If I starve to death, if I lose my house, if I lose my car, if I'm homeless on the street, I'm going to stay in the ministry. I'm going to continue to do this. And I said, I thank you very much for the offer, but I'll also thank you very much for not offering again. And he was offended. I didn't mean to offend him. But looking back, I think it was God basically saying, Stan, either you're going to continue to serve me, and I'm going to close the door on that other business, and I'm going to close it really hard where you'll never get in again, or you go now. One or the other. Either you decide you're going to serve me, and you shut up, and you do it, and you do it right, or go on now. Leave now. I don't want to hear any more of this belly aching. I don't want to hear any more of this, we don't have the money. We aren't growing fast enough. We aren't reaching enough people. I don't want to hear none of that anymore. Either you do it my way and you be patient, you do it according to my timing, or you go on. Right now, you decide, Stan, what do you want? You want to serve me or you want to go back to your job? The door's open. And I said, no, I thank you. I thank you very much for the offer, but I'll also thank you for not offering it again now uh on a couple of occasions, I just wanted to call and say, "Hey, thanks you know how you do He would not take my call he abs i've emailed him I've left i'd say four or five messages call he is not he absolutely will not call me back. He is offended, and the door is dynamically closed <laughs> by it is it is closed by God now. I say that because, brothers and sisters, I want to let you know how God really works. And that is, if you want to serve him, then you serve him. But you serve him with a clean heart. You do it right. You do it with all of your might, or you don't do it at all. You're either on the the horse, you're on the saddle, or you're not. There's none of this half on, half off stuff. Oh, I mean, there's a little time where he'll let you move from the old job to this job. or See, look, a lot of you out there listening right now, I don't care what you're doing. You know good and well it's not your full call. You know good and well that there's a time that God is going to call you into the ministry. That's why he's got you listening. That's why he's been preparing you. He's preparing you for years, brothers and sisters. There's a day. There's a day coming when people are going to listen. They're going to listen to that Bible prophecy. They're going to listen to you. And there's a day you are going to be walking in sevenfold miracles. There's a day when you're doing Bible studies. He is just preparing you for those. You know it. You know it. You know it. You know it. You know it in your heart. Now, there's also others. And you're just listening and you find it interesting. Matter of fact, let me tell you another little story. Prophecy Club probably been going, this is probably the first 18 months, back in 93, 94, somewhere back in there. And I got a call, and um, in those days, (laughs) I had to answer the phone. Okay, We were small, and uh, this guy called, he says, I'm a trucker. He said, "And, and I began listening to your radio program here about six, nine months ago. He said, I used to listen to it just for a hoot. He said, I would listen to what you're saying about all this Mark of the Beast and this world government stuff coming and these UFOs and stuff. And he said, I just got the biggest old laugh. He said, I just I th- I thought it was great. He said, till one day I saw in the paper some of the things you've been saying's coming were actually arriving. He said, so I started listening with a different attitude. He said I arranged my route so every day about four o'clock when you're on in the Topeka area, I arranged to have my my uh my truck driving through Topeka so that I could hear your radio broadcast. He said I started listening with a different attitude. He said, and it has changed my life. I got saved. He has accepted Jesus over there. He said, I'm gonna send you a nice donation. He said, I'm gonna order a bunch of stuff. He said, I just want to say keep going. Now you have to understand, brothers and sisters, Jesus is in the heart-changing business. And just because you hadn't been serving him full-time doesn't mean you're not gonna. Just because you've just been listening, and you've been, maybe you, you, maybe you listen to this broadcast for a hoot. Maybe you think this is all funny. Maybe you think this is just, this guy on the other end of this microphone has a hole in his head big enough to where if he walked in the wind, it would whistle. But you better understand, You better understand, I've been called to God to sit here and do this. I just turned 66. I don't have to do this, but I have to do this. This is my call. Just like you're called. You're called to be out there one day to give an answer, to point people to Jesus. Right now, they don't need Jesus. They're rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing. Knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. But the day is going to wake up. And they're going to wake up and they're going to say, you know what? I made a big mistake. This Jesus stuff, I need to find out about it. And Christians that are lukewarm and they think that they're okay and they don't need any Jesus, they don't need go to church. Oh, yeah, 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 I'm a Christian. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I used to go to church. A lot of those people, going, they're going to turn on fire and they're going to turn to you. And you're going to have to give an answer. And that's why I'm teaching through Revelation right now. This is an assignment for you, brothers and sisters. This is an assignment, a worldwide assignment, an assignment from God to get yourself prepared to do these Bible studies. All right, let's go on. Verse 6. Now he starts with another compliment. He says, but this thou hast that thou hatest the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which also hate. Now, the Nicolaitans, those are the people where they lifted up their pastors, and their pastors were like kings or queens, and all of the congregation served their pastor, and so they were a little kingdom. He didn't like that. He wants the pastors to be washing the feet. He wants the pastors to be serving his people, not being kings and queens. Next verse, He that hath an ear let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. Now, I do not believe that we have to eat of the tree of life, any more than we have to drink from the river of water of life, clear as crystal proceeding from the throne of God. We don't have to have either one of those. Because the hidden manna, we'll get to this, the hidden manna is actually the light. Well, you know what, I think I'll just hold off on that. I'll, just, I'll wait to explain that until we actually get there. But the tree of life is something that is a blessing that we have it. And the only ones, we'll get to that, that are able to eat of the tree of life are those people whose names are written in the book of life. And those are the only ones that get into the new golden city, the new Jerusalem, and come down out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for a husband. And behold, I heard a great voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he shall dwell with them, and be with them, and be their God, and they shall be his people. And that new Jerusalem comes down, and it sets upon one and only mountain. And all of the world is a nice, round, smooth ball. Every mountain has fallen, every valley has filled in, there's no more sea. And that new Jerusalem sets upon that one mountain. And in that new Jerusalem is Jesus, and he literally is the light of the world. And the only ones that are allowed in are those people whose names are written in the book of life. They get to go in. They can drink of the river of water of life. They can eat of the tree of life. And the leaves are for the healing for the nation. So apparently, you have to conclude that those people in the new Jerusalem will bring the leaves of the tree of life, out to the nations. Those are the nations that did not receive Jesus, so they aren't burned up in the burning of the tares, but they didn't receive Jesus either, so they didn't get their name in the book of life. They don't get an eternal body. They don't get a light body, but they're allowed to live up to a 1,000 years, the end of the 1,000 years. The morning star from God comes down and burns them up, and they're all destroyed. We'll we'll get to all of that. But anyway, the tree of life is allowed to be eaten from by those people whose names are in the book of life the nations do not get to eat from it they may drink of the river of water of life flowing from the throne of god and it runs down the mountain into the valley and they can drink of that and that's what the the leaves give them temporary healing the river of water of life gives them temporary healing but it does not get their name written in the book of life It does not give them a light body like you and I have. They don't get any crowns. They are not allowed to live past the one thousand years, and again we'll cover all this, as if they ever sin, a morning star judge shows up at the speed of light, the speed of thought, hits them with a morning star and they fall to the ground a pile of ashes and bones. And as Obadiah one hundred sixteen says, they will be as though they had not been destroying both body and soul. But By the way, all of this is in my book. If you haven't read my book, let me see, look, if you want to be teaching Bible prophecy in the last days, and if you don't want some pastor coming up and just ripping you apart, saying you don't know what you're talking about, then you have to not only get my book, read my book, study my book, you have to know it. Because when you know what's in my book, there's not a pastor on the planet that's going to be able to dress you down, brothers and sisters, Not going to happen. Instead, they start coming to you and saying you don't know what you're talking about. You will be able to turn the tide back on them because you will know more about Bible prophecy than they do. One for 20, five for 30, 10 for 55. Get the book. It's the secret door to understand Bible prophecy at prophecyclub.com. One for 20, five for 30, 10 for 55. And in closing, I also have to say this summer blowout that we do. probably this is the last time we're ever going to do it again, and probably, well, it is going to end September 6th. So if you want to end that summer blowout, go to prophecyclub.com. Here's what you do. You go there, you download the catalog, flip through the catalog, you decide which one of these DVDs you'd like to have. And the reason is, again, when the trouble hits, you're you are not going to be able to have access to the Internet. Beast hits, he's going to use the Beast or the whole the, the whole Internet system for the Mark of the Beast, you're not going to have access to that, and you're going to have to have those DVDs. There's going to be a time when you're playing the DVDs as part of your Bible study. It's an assignment, brothers and sisters. you got to get these DVDs, and this is the best time to do it at the lowest price. So check out the Summer Blowout. Go to prophecyclub.com, download the catalog, decide which one you get, and then order a whole pass of matter of fact, we had a guy the other day call, and he using the Blowout special, and it's like down to like what five dollars of something like that I mean, five dollars a DVD okay he ordered all of them I think he's from Australia or something like that ordered all of them that's not a bad idea you get the DVDs so that you can use them in your Bible studies look at when you're you're holding Bible study and all of a sudden there's all kinds of war going on around you people they're they're gathering around and they want to know what's going on you play one of those DVDs and it was talking about and it was made like back in nineteen oh say, 1998 or something like that, like, say, Demetra Dudeman's testimony, this is coming, well, all of a sudden, they're going to start listening. So you're going to have to have these DVDs. You're going to have to have them. The summer blowout is now in effect. This amazing offer is only offered for a brief time each summer. Right now, you can get fifty DVDs for a gift of two hundred fifty dollars. That's five bucks each. Twenty-five for one sixty-six forty each. Fifteen for a hundred twenty-eight dollars each. Ten for a hundred ten dollars each. Six for seventy dollars eleven sixty each. Four for fifty twelve fifty each, or two for thirty dollars. Obviously, fifteen dollars each. A single DVD is a gift of thirty dollars. See the selection of over two hundred thirty DVDs at prophecyclub.com bookstore. Or download our catalog. Note your selections, but you have to call our office, 785-266-1112, to place your order. You have to call 785-266-1112. And this is probably going to be the last summer we make this offer. ProphecyClub.com, 785-266-1112. ProphecyClub.com, 785-266-1112. 785 we are extending this offer until September the 6th. The blowout will continue and conclude on September the 6th. September the 6th will be your last day to get this amazing blowout offer and probably the last time ever. Help us take the warning to America. Engage in the battle to win lost souls to Christ by supporting this ministry today.